You are about to listen to the S. Anthony Says Podcast, starring S. Anthony Thomas. <laughs> you lucky bastards. All right, this is S. Anthony. Glad you came back. Ready for the next one? All right, here we go. Go! Alright, hello cats and kitties, dudes and dudettes, this is the S Machine, yes, that's right, this is S. Anthony Thomas, this is the S. Anthony Says Podcast, also known as S. Anthony Says, I am your host, and the wonderful smooth tones you're hearing come from yours truly, oh yeah. <laughs> you know what I'll talk to you about uh, this week? Idiots. <laughs> now I know I brought up idiots before, but one of the things that someone said, uh, that I overheard someone saying to someone else, and then it starts sparked a conversation of where I was. Was a guy said to another guy who was starting to get his thing together, "Man, you just you just forgot where you came from. You forgot where you came from. That's what your problem is. You forgot where you came from." And the only reason he was saying that was because he was trying to shame the guy because the guy that he was trying was talking to was starting to get his life together. You know, he had avoided a lot of the, the pitfalls of growing up in a tough neighborhood. He had never been arrested, but he was a bit of a, you know, a bit of a, a loser or a bit of an underachiever. But he was finally starting to get his groove down. He was finally starting to become successful. He had found a good woman. He was having a baby. He, he had found a good job. And he wasn't hanging out as much as, as these other idiots were. He wasn't sitting on somebody else's car drinking a beer. He wasn't sitting around talking about, oh man, you see that fight? He was doing something productive. Now, there's nothing wrong with hanging out with your friends and talking crap. I do that all the time. But, he has priorities. He has stuff he has to do. He has a life. And they're trying to make him feel bad for becoming more successful and more productive as a human being. What the hell is that? You ever notice that the people that always say to you, you forgot where you came from, man. You forgot where you came from. It's never the people who are actually doing something themselves, ever, right? It's always the 10% of the neighborhood, or, you know, it's not even 10%, the 2% of the neighborhood, that's the people that are pieces of crap. You know, the ones that are selling stuff that's poisoning people, the ones that aren't about anything, the ones that don't want anything, those are the ones that always try to make you feel bad when, you, when you're handling your own business and starting to, to come up. What about the other neighbors? You ever notice that the other neighbors, the ones that are living productive lives, if you somehow ascend to a higher level, you become very successful, you become a doctor, you become rich, you start your own business, you move to another part of the country and build your life there. You know what they say? Oh, man, Frank's doing good. Oh, man, you hear about Frank? Frank's a doctor right now. He moved to Arizona because there's a medical center out there that, you know, his specialty and, and Frank is doing, and that's, oh, that, that's, oh, that is great. You know, do you have his address? I want to send him a card. I want to call him and say congratulations. What's his Facebook page? I want to I want to say congratulations to him. That's what the productive people of society will say when you leave. The people that can't get out because they make bad and dumbass decisions are the ones that try to shame your ass. You know what I'm saying? Man, I remember the first time I did national television. I did a, a, a thing on BET a, a long time ago, my first one. And uh, I started to get, you know, some good stuff going on. And people, man, look at you, man. You think you all that because you just did some TV. And you think you, you think you special. You think you, you think that you did. And you think, and you think that you did better. And I'm like, can I just enjoy my first national TV spot, please? 
You know, I busted my ass to get that. I busted my ass to learn the skills. I busted my ass to get in front of the talent coordinator. I busted my ass to perform in front of that really tough crowd and still do my thing and get a standing ovation. I busted my ass to get to that little spot, to get that piece, to get my first spot. And instead of saying congratulations and moving on, you think, oh, you think just because you did television, you think you're better than somebody. No, I didn't think I was better than anybody. I think I worked hard and I got a little bit of a perk. That's it. That didn't change the way I treated anybody else. <laughs> don't tell me that doesn't happen to you. You know, oh, she thinks she cute, and she got, and she did, and she thinks she cute. I had a friend that was like three hundred pounds, beautiful girl, you know, and she was beautiful at three hundred. Then she lost weight, and all of a sudden she she's built like Kerry Washington. Didn't change her. Didn't change who she was at all. She was a sweetheart then. She was a sweetheart when she was pretty and 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 big. And now that she's pretty and she has a what, what what many would consider an absolutely spectacular body and still gorgeous. She has changed none. Still a sweetheart. Still the nicest person you ever want to meet. Still one of the smartest people I've ever met. Still a wonderful person. Oh, she thinks she's cute. She didn't do anything but improve herself. Improve her health. <laughs> and people always want to take a shot at you. When you get your when you get your shit together, I never understood that. Man, you forgot where you came from. Yeah, but what about where you came from? Sucks. Okay, if where you came from sucks, it's okay to forget about it. It's okay to want to move away from it. I know what it's like to live in tough ass neighborhoods. I know what it's like to to walk down the street and go, oh man, I gotta put you know put your money in your sock. Or, you know what I'm saying? Or puts, I, I, I literally, there was a point in time in my old neighborhood where, I'll, I'll give you an example. We had a relative that always had to finish the last food in the pot. You know, you could give this guy 16 pounds of food on his plate. If he saw anything in the pot, he had to go and get it. You know, his wife would complain about it all. He, why do you have to get it all the time? You have enough there and you keep getting more. And no matter what happened... He always had to finish the, the the amount of the pot, and they always complained about it. So he comes to my house to eat, and I know he's going to do it. So what I did was I made less. I gave him less food on his plate, and I put what the other portion in the pot. Now, he was scraping out the pot to get the what was left in the pot, but when he took what was in the pot and added it to what was on his plate, it was the amount that I was giving everybody else. He still satisfied himself by getting the last bit on the pot, and last bit of food from the pot, and I satisfied everybody else by not letting him gorge himself like he always did. Now, he could do whatever he wants at his house, but this is my shit. And then she realized, hey, wait a minute, maybe I could do that, I could just make less and then let him get the rest out of the pot. And then he's satisfied that he got the last bit, just like people that like to have the last word in the conversation. And everything's cool, right? Well, in that neighborhood that I lived in, it was just like that. You knew you were going to get robbed. You know what I'm saying? Or at the very least, it was a high probability of it. Everybody that I knew in that neighborhood had been to a situation where if you went into a public bathroom... Everybody had the expense of somebody turning out the lights, pushing up against the wall, sticking a hand in your pocket, taking your money out, and running out of the bathroom. Everybody had that experience. It didn't happen all the time, but you had to be prepared for it to happen. And it happened to me once. But I was prepared. You see, I had my money in my shoe, inside the sock, right? And I had a little bit of money in my pocket. I had like five bucks in my pocket. These other jackasses had all their money in their pocket. I put five bucks in the pocket. Guy goes in my pocket, takes out the five, runs out. The other $100 in my shoe. Didn't get it. 
And even if they took off my shoe, which happened one time also, when there was like four dudes in the dark, they didn't get anything. This nigga ain't got no money. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Three dudes holding you against the wall. One dude's putting their hands in your pocket. You can't fight four dudes, especially not in the dark. And then, and then they push you on the ground. That nigga ain't got no money. This is bullshit. And then they run out. And I stay in the bathroom for a couple of minutes, trying not to laugh. Because I'm like, you dumb bastards. <laughs> I have plenty of money. You just didn't know where it was, stupid asses. So you had to prepare yourself for the robbery you knew was going to come. So when you live in a neighborhood like that, you know, when you live in a neighborhood where you go to this Chinese food store and there's like eight drug dealers sitting outside and they're kind of sizing you up, you know, and you know for a fact, they'll smile at you. They'll say, how you doing? Hey, what's going on? That's Anthony, what's going on? And I know damn well, if I ever, I don't drink, but if I ever showed up drunk at that place, even though they were like, hey man, what's going on? They would walk up behind me, bust me in my head and take my wallet just like anybody else. They might not kill me because they know who I am, but they would, they would definitely bust me in the head and take my wallet. When you live in a neighborhood like that, what's not to want to forget? You want to be, I'm very proud to be from here. Fuck that shit. That's the thing that always annoyed me. Why we have to act like, <laughs> like the culture is that guy, is the tough, is the quote tough guy, the dude with the swag. That's, that's, that's culture. How is that culture? That's just some jackass who sees you work hard for some shit. And instead of working hard himself, he decides to come get your shit. That's not culture. Now, why should we act like that's culture? Why should we? I've ne I would never deny where I came from. It's kind of hard to do. I know too many people. But when they say you forgot where you came from, what they're meaning is you're not coming back to hang out. And no, I wouldn't. I got robbed when I didn't have shit. So I'm going to come back with shit. You can steal that shit. Are you crazy? I would come back in the you know in the community if I became rich and fucking you know build businesses and try to create jobs. I definitely do that. I would come back to maybe you know, I've talked to some young dudes in in the neighborhood. You know, hey Mr. Thomas, how's it going? I'm like, man, what are you doing? Man, I heard what you was doing. Yeah, you know, I'm just trying to sit down. And then I, you, you sit down, you talk to the 19 year olds. I sat down. Yesterday was three dudes. I talked was uh, three 19 year olds that were that, that grew up in my neighborhood. And they knew who I was. And I, you know, hey man, what's going on? I sat down to talk to them. Yo, man, do this, 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 and this. Don't do this, 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 and this. I can't do any more than that. I can just talk to the kids. I'm not their dad. They just grew. They just know me from when they were little kids, and I came back, and they were they're adults now, and they now they know me and they like me. I don't want to forget where I came from, meaning think I'm better than somebody else, because I'm not better than anybody else. There's no such thing as being, you can be better at somebody at a thing, but, but you're not better as an entity than somebody else, you know? So when I say I wouldn't want to come back, what I mean by that is I don't, I don't want to come back in a way where I'm allowing myself to be victimized by putting myself in a negative position or in a negative way or in a vulnerable position. I, I'm not going to do that crap. I'm not an idiot. You know, and I'm not going to sit there. I'm not going to put my have my pants hanging off my ass because I'm an adult, and I'm not going to start. And I'm not going to speak in slang that I, that isn't normal for me. Because after you get past a certain age, certain words you don't need to be saying. You know, just use the slang that you grew up with if you use it at all. But don't try to sound like the kids. You know how embarrassing it is to be a grown man trying to talk and use the same language as 19 year olds and 18 year olds. You look like a dumbass. 
And I've seen it all the time. I, I had a friend of mine, this guy is older than me. The guy rolls up, he's got his pants hanging off his ass, he's got his hat sideways, and I'm like, man, what you, what the fuck? Once you become old enough to be president of the United States, you calm down with the fucking hanging pants off your ass. Right? I don't need to know you got gray hair on your ass. That's your information. That's your secret to have. That's between you and your wife. Oh okay? yeah, I don't need to know that. I'm upset that I know that. I am I am upset enough that I know that I, I oh, sorry, I, I almost dry heaved a minute because I saw my friend walking down the street with his ass hanging out his pants. And somehow I now know he's had gray hair on his ass. I, that is disgusting. It's gross. In fact, that's the kind of thing that will make you want to forget your damn neighborhood. That's the kind of thing that make you want to wipe your own damn memory. What the fuck? <laughs> but that's that's the thing, man. It's like you you forgot where you came from. No, I didn't forget where I came from. You don't forget where you come from. You know, you're proud that if you have tough circumstances that you were able to get over those circumstances, get over the natural hurdles that are there by growing up in a tough neighborhood. The simple fact that you have gone through enough things where I've been carjacked, I've been mugged in cars, I've had dudes attack me, not specifically because of who I am, just because I happen to be there at the wrong time. And I'm alive. And I'm beginning to succeed in my life. I'm alive. And I'm a smart guy. You know? So I don't forget where I came from. Where I came from is part of who I am. It's why when something bad happens to me, when there's a setback, I go, look, all the shit that's happened to me over the course of my life, you think I'm going to allow that to bother me? Get the fuck out of here. It's like when I'm when you're online and you have internet trolls saying negative stuff. I'm going, really? You think you're the first person to call me nigger? Really? That's supposed to upset me? This is not 1956, bro. I don't give a shit. <laughs> All the things that happen to me, you think it bothers me if I go out, I ask a woman to go out and she's like, no, I don't give a shit. I can ask 50,000 women. I only need one to say yes. I don't need to give a shit. When you grew up in a tough neighborhood, if you had tough circumstances growing up, obstacles that bother normal people, you look at them like, are you kidding me? Really? That's not, you know? And when you think in terms of my, I'm thinking about people that came from other countries who come to the United States we're going. You think I give? A, you think I'm going to be discouraged because the neighborhood's tough? Let me ask you a question: How many people on this block have had their hands chopped off in front of their family? None, really. It's happened to, me, to 50 people in my family in front of me. So I think I'm okay handling this tough neighborhood. Is, is there anybody walking up and down the street patrolling with AK-47, shooting people when they realize that they what, what ethnicity they are? Really, no one's doing that here. Really, I think I can handle this tough neighborhood. I think I'm all right. <laughs> and that's what people that's what I was thinking when people say things along the lines of don't you forget where you come from nobody forgets where they come from that's a shaming tactic you're upset because you haven't figured out how to get your foot out of the mouse out of the fucking bear trap that's trapped you I got my foot out my foot has been out my foot is healed your foot is still in there instead of going you, you forget where you came from why don't you go yo dude you got out you're starting to get your own thing going. Now, I'm not doing what you're doing specifically, but anything that's applicable from what you're doing to what I'm doing or what I want to do, tell me about that. Tell me what you're doing to get to that got you to the point where you're not around this stupidness, this ridiculousness anymore. What are you doing? 
that's what I did. I had friends that had figured out they're way more successful than I am. And I'm like, well, you know, I could sit back and be jealous of them and go, man, you forgot where you came from. You forgot where you came from. I could do that if I wanted to. But I'm not an idiot. I said, this guy is becoming successful. Now, he's not doing anything. What he's doing has nothing specifically to do with what I do. I'm going to be doing comedy. and I'm going to be doing podcasting and all that kind of stuff. This guy is working in this particular field with the computers and all this kind of stuff. But there are things that this person is doing, even though it's a different art form, computer science and all, that's a different art form than what I'm doing. But there are things that he did to become successful and to move to where he is moving, not just necessarily physically moving, but moving and meaning you know, changing his level of life and his lifestyle and who he's around. There are things that he has done that are applicable to me. And I sat down, I'm like, dude, you're doing this, but I'm doing this, but there's some stuff you're doing that will translate to me. What are you doing? And the guy goes, well, I'm doing this, 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 and this, 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 this. And I made mental notes and everything, just like Bruce Lee says, absorb what is useful, disregard what is useless. I absorbed everything that was useful from what that guy told me. Everything that was useful, that worked for him, that would work for me, I did that shit. And then I made adjustments for my specific art form, my personality type, my lifestyle, and you know all those other kind of things. So, no, I didn't forget where I came from. How can I forget where I came from? You know? It's part of who I am. That's why I'm so goddamn tough. That's why my mind works so quickly. That's why I can go from the toughest neighborhood and fit right in. And I could sit at the table with a mayoral candidate and I could talk with that motherfucker too. Because I've done that. You got to be able to do a lot of different things. It's not about forgetting where you come from. The most important thing is remembering where you come from. But also remembering who you are. Because if you remember who you are, it doesn't matter where you come from. You know? Only thing that matters is where you're going. So when that guy was, we were having that conversation, and he goes, uh, "You mean where you come from?" And I was, <laughs> and I and I had something similar to this kind of conversation that I'm having with you. It was something similar to that that I had with him, and we were talking about it. And he said, "You know, that makes sense." And uh, we kind of walked away. Let those guys finish their little conversation. They weren't. They didn't even know we were talking about them, and we just kind of left and let them sit there and have their little argument. Then we left, and then we took these two sticks, like in the Men in Black. We pulled them out, and he. I put my sunglasses on, and I flashed it, and he forgot where he came from. And then he put the sunglasses on and I took mine off and then he flashed it and then, then I forgot where I was coming from. I forgot where I came from because we both wanted to forget where the hell we came from. Yeah, that's right. I said it. I admit it now, damn it. I forgot where I came from. Yeah. What you going to do about it? <laughs> well, pod family, let's talk about the circle of life, my friends. How things change. You think they're the same? But they're not. They're different. I realize now that my my nephews are adults now. They're young adults, but they're adults. And it's really weird to see someone whose diaper you change driving a car. You know, it's really weird to see a person whose diaper you changed 
with a mustache. Someone who, I mean, this is really weird. I mean, I mean, like I said, I don't have kids, but I was very close um, with my nephews when they were when they were younger, obviously. And it's really weird, you know. <laughs> it's it's weird. I, I used to take. They used to stay at my house. My sister would drop them off, and they would stay with me sometimes. Because you know, as as a comic, I'm home during the day. And I was like, yeah, just go. Let's drop. I'll take. The, just leave me here. I'll watch the little little knuckleheads. Don't worry about it. Let's go do what you want to do. No big deal, you know. My brother-in-law, thanks, man. My sister, thanks. So they're with me. They spend the night and everything. And uh, it was really cool to have two little guys in the house. Two little guys that I loved very much. Relatives, family members. Guys that loved me unconditionally. I was a fun, cool uncle. They loved hanging around me all the time. They would light up when I would come to hang out. I would go visit my sister. They'd drop what they were doing and come running into the room. You know, it was great. So they're at my house. And, you know, they're little guys at the time. And. You know, I was shaving, and I didn't know they had had woke up. So they come into the bathroom, and they're like, I want to shave, too. So I took on my old razors, and I I smashed them and and pulled the blades out. And all they had was the plastic part, so they couldn't cut themselves. And then I stood them on some stools, and they got in the mirror with me. And I put some shaving cream on both of their faces. And they shaved, too. As they like to say, we shaved, too. We shaved with him. We shaved with Uncle S. We shaved. (laughs) <laughs> you know and it was really cool you know I remember when I was a little kid I got them little watches and it wasn't like a wasn't a big deal it was just some little punk ass watches I got you know they, they, they didn't cost that much money but I figured well, they'd like it and I remember how much fun it was to watch them be completely blown away <clears throat> by the fact that my watch and their watches every you know, they would check every few minutes and our watches would be the same time I'll show you how young they were and now they're driving cars <laughs> And they got hair on their faces. And their voices sound like mine. So it's like, man, you know. You you know, because you don't feel old, but you realize time has passed. When you see people whose asses you've wiped, who you've carried around the house and given baths, driving cars with hair on their face. I remember when I was younger with them, like I said, circle of life, my friend. When I was younger and I would play with my nephews, man, I would play basketball with them. They would come over. We would throw footballs and everything. I, they used to watch WWF wrestling. And they would, of course, come close to killing each other because I was like, what are you doing? Pile driver. No, no, no. And I showed them how the moves were done. And they went, oh, they're not hitting each other. Nope. Uh, and I showed them how to do the wrestling things without actually hurting each other. You know, it was really cool. I remember playing basketball with them. And I remember, you know, I'm one of those older relatives that, you know, I'm not one of those guys that lets kids win all the time. You know, does that, I mean, what is that crap? Because the kid's going to, if you let the kid win all the time, they're going to go out and play other kids who don't play that crap. And what's going to happen is they're going to get embarrassed because they they don't going to realize, oh, wait a minute, I, apparently I suck at this. So I'd let them win, and I'd let them get close to winning, and then I'd finish them off a couple of times, you know, knock them, you know, win the game, you know, and I'd let them win enough to build up their so, their self-esteem, but I'd kick their ass enough to let them know that the world's not fair. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? You know, you know what I'm saying? What? Hey, wait a second. I can't shoot from that far away. Hey, life's not fair, kid. And when you're, when you're strong enough to shoot three-pointers, you can shoot three-pointers, but right now, I can, you can't. That's the way the world works, punk. But then it came a time when both of my nephews were on the same basketball team. And they were both very good. One of my, one of my, one of my nephews was the point guard and one of my nephews was the shooting guard on the basketball team. 
And it was really weird to watch that. I was like, man, I could look at them and see that they were better than I was at this point. And then we played basketball and now I actually had to, I mean, I could still beat them more times than they beat me, but it took everything I had, <laughs> you know, I could still do it. You know, if I won, if I, if it came down to it, but it would take everything that I had. And then it came point, well, there was like, there's no way in the world I would ever be able to beat these kids in any kind of games. But it didn't matter anymore. I was just really happy and, and proud that it happened. And when I say that, I say that because these young men, when they were younger, had video games. My sister bought them video games. And they wanted to play the video games that, my, that were around when my sister and I were roughly their ages. And I actually had one in the garage. And I mean, it was still in good condition. I don't know why it was still there. It was one of those old Atari games. So I pulled it out. And they look at the box and they go, what, the, what is this? Well, that's to control it. What? Looks like the bottom of a blender with a little stick hanging up. What, what is this crap? So I turn the game on. They're all, I mean, the game hadn't even come all the way on. And they were already, this sucks. Nope, nope. Already dissing the game before it lit up. Showed them Atari football. I don't think they saw more than five seconds of it without laughing hysterically. They literally, you ever see, you see when you watch a television program and a person laughs so hard they fall off the couch and you're going, you know, that's an exaggeration. This is really overacting. They weren't overacting. They laughed that hard. Turn it off. <laughs> Come on, man. My other cousins were there. This is what y'all had. <laughs> you can't even see any faces. Just, man, this looks like hangman, man. <laughs> they laughed me and my sister right out of the house. So I was like, all right, punks, y'all think y'all know something? All right, I'll play some video games with you, please. You think you know, give me the damn joystick. Let's give me the basics and let me whoop your behinds with this video game. Let's, what is this, NBA, whatever year it was at the time? I don't remember what the hell year it was, but it was one of those, you know, games where the faces actually look like the actual player. Let's play this game, damn it. So I'm playing, and these guys, unless I said, they, they hung around me a lot, and <laughs> they got pretty good at trash talk. I mean, they didn't trash talk me because I'm I'm an older relative. My cousins will never do that. My nephews will never do that. But there was a little bit of trash talk. Like, playful. They, they, could, they wouldn't really hard trash talk me. But enough. You know, they'd keep it respectful, but they'd still give me a, you know, a hard time. But playing the game, and I watched them play each other. And when they played each other, they were vicious. I mean, they, if they had an opportunity to blow the other one out by a billion points, they would do it. They, if they would be up by 80 points with two seconds left and be shooting threes, no mercy. So that's what I'm expecting. I'll take my ass whooping. I'm okay with it. So I'm playing the game, and it got to the point where it was obvious that I had no chance here. And then they they started showing mercy, man. They started, you know, running out, running the clock down instead of just taking jacking up shots like they would on each other. You know, they started missing shots on purpose. And I'm why you can tell when somebody's missing. Once you get to to the point where you can see where they, how their hand moves and they're really going for it, you can see when they're missing on purpose. And I'm sitting there going. These little bastards are missing shots on purpose. This is just like when I was the adult and they were just kids and then and they let, let them win and I, that slow down and let them hang around. These mother, these, ooh, it's not supposed to be this way, damn it. I'm supposed to be the one dominating and then letting them win and then letting them hang around. It shouldn't be the other way around, damn it. This sucks. Circle of life, man. My the way I played video games it was just a like a look like something like a deck of cards with a stick hanging out the top of it. This thing has had the not had the b b the things where you squeeze the finger like a trigger and it had X B X Y on the top things on the side. I think you, you put your dick in one thing and, you, and you, when you, you bust a nut then another thing. Have, I'm just kidding. That's gross. But you know what I'm saying. It's just a complicated thing. 
And when it's the first time you're playing with that complicated thing, you have no idea what you're doing, and you feel like you you feel like somebody who you know you feel like somebody who was just came from the twenties, and it was shown a Tesla. It's like, oh look, there's lights inside this vehicle. What the hell? What's the fu- What's that blue thing? What's the why is it lighting up? What's the, wait, what is that? That's how I felt holding the damn joystick. This is a while. This is a while ago, but it was embarrassing, and I still remember it. And they're, they're doing mercy on me. And every once in a while, just to amuse themselves, they do one of their amazing cheat code tricks. You know, and I, I think on one game, the, the most embarrassing. I'm not sure if this is what really happened, but I think that's what happened on the screen. I think while I was trying to guard one of the players that my nephew was, was controlling, I swear to goodness, I think one of the dudes on the game who was selling peanuts in the stands on the video game actually came on the court and dunked on my player. I'm thinking that's what happened. That's how bad I was compared to them. Because you got to remember, video games are worldwide now. Video games are now on the web. You can, you're not just playing against your brother. You're not just playing against your friend down the street. You're playing against everybody on the planet. You're playing against people that make a living playing video games. So even if they whoop your ass, your game has been raised to another level. So not only am I playing a game I don't know how to play, I'm playing a game I don't know how to play against someone who plays against people all over the planet. When I played Atari football, there was nobody in Japan that I could play to hone my skills against. Once I figured out how to beat the computer, it was, it was over. There was no challenge in it. I literally beat the computer, the Atari computer, playing football. And this is no joke. This is not exaggeration. I actually wrapped some, a towel around my eyes, played the game, and won the game 88-14. With the, and I'm telling you, I'm not kidding. I did not look at the screen once. You can't do that shit on these games now. And I didn't even know that they were playing with people from around the world when they were whooping my ass. I had no idea. I didn't know that until some dude from Japan said in Japanese, your uncle sucks. Your uncle sucks it. I said, what the, who said that shit? Oh, that's Eko. Eko, who's Eko? He's a friend of mine in Japan. We play basketball together and he says, you suck. I'm like, okay, Eko, what's your address? <laughs> you know? It's amazing, man. Because you feel old when that stuff happens. You feel like a grandpa when that stuff happens. I'm not old yet, damn it, but you're making me feel old. You're handing me his phone. His phone looks like my tablet. I didn't know what I was doing with that shit. I have an older phone. I'm one of those guys that holds on to electronics until they blow the fuck up. I'm one of those dudes. You know what I'm saying? The circle of life, my friends. Because I'm telling you, man, I felt like a grandpa when they started playing those video games. You know, I was like, please, dig that Wii back out of the trash. Bring that shit back so I can play uh, just, I can play fucking tennis that looks like a some Japanese anime characters. Some shit like that where I can stand in the middle of the room and pretend like I'm doing yoga. Whatever the hell that is, bring that shit back. <laughs> and they laughed. That's really weird. Because I remember when my uncle's felt that way you know when I was playing with them they would throw the football and I'm catching the football with my left hand I'm catching it between my legs you know they're throwing passes that you they, they you know like, here comes a real hot and hard one this one's gonna be really tough to catch and he throw the football and I'd catch it with I'd actually be I was actually drinking the soda he threw the football as hard as he could I just stuck my left hand out caught it and put it back under my arm and while I was drinking the soda <laughs> and there was a look on his face like you little motherfucker 
And now I recognize that look. I mean, even from the inside of my own face, I can rec recognize that look. You motherfucker. Because you realize the younger people, the people that, even though you're not old yet, see, be different if I was old. See, if you're old and people can whoop your ass and stuff, you accept that shit. It's not a problem. If I was 70 years old and my grandson was kicking my ass at baseball or basketball or football, I'd be like, hey, go right, you go for it. But I'm still young enough where that shit hurts my feelings. I'm still young enough where I, where I actually have a chance and still can't do it. I feel like the fucking Miami Heat, you know, in the... <laughs> When they, you know, in that one game where they won by a couple of points, and they're like, "Yeah, I still got a shot," and then they wound up getting their ass creamed out uh, the the next couple few games. That's how I felt. I was like, "Damn it!" I mean, I remember one game at the end of the first quarter. I had to, I uh, we were playing basketball. Uh, I had to, I had to lead twenty five, twenty four, and that's when I noticed. I said, "Wait a minute, he's he doesn't even have his hands on the whole damn." joystick he wasn't using all the buttons he's not using all the buttons I'm doing everything I can and I'm only up by one point I of course lost by seven million but you, oh, damn it this sucks <laughs> you know I just go back I remember when my, my grandfather used to uh, do this thing he, he, he loved cowboy movies and he used to let us he used to put us on his knee and he used to let us ride his knee. And he would try to buck do the bucking Bronco thing and try to knock us off. Not really try to knock us off, but make it look like we were going to fall off. But that was a lot of fun, man. It was a lot of fun. And I remember doing that with my nephews. I put one on one sitting on the other knee and one was sitting on the other knee. And I would try to throw them off. And they thought that was the coolest thing in the world. Uncle S, yay, Uncle S, let's do the bucking Bronco, let's ride, Uncle S, and I'd pick him up and I'd put him on my shoulders and I'd run up and down the hill in the back of my house. <laughs> and I remember one summer, they wanted me to pick him up and run up and down the hill while I was holding him on both shoulders, and I used to do it, I used to run up and down the hill a whole bunch of times. This time I ran up about ten times, and I was like, okay, get off me. Hey, come on, a couple more times, I'm going, I didn't want to say, yeah, uh, if I do it a couple more times, you are not going to have any cousins because my nuts are going to fall off. I didn't want to say that, and I didn't. And I should have known something was wrong then. I should have known the decline had started then. I should have known it was almost over for my old ass then. <laughs> it's weird getting older when you haven't hit when you're not old yet. Getting older is is horrible. Being old not a problem. You can accept it. There's nothing you can do about it. It's over. People accept it. People don't expect you to do certain things. Uh, leave Grandpa alone. He wants to sit down. You know, he's had, he had a long day. They give you that shit. But when you're not old yet, but you're getting older, they have no mercy for your ass. Come on, let's help us push this truck. The fuck out of here. You better hear $75. That's how much it costs to get a tow truck. I'm not pushing that shit. Could I have done it? Sure. Could I have done it and tried to perform on the comedy club stage the next day? Hell no. You know why? Because I'm a stand-up comic. I am not a bleed-from-the-ass, hernia-pulled, oh-my-God-I-can't-finish-the-set-because-I'm-blacking-out comic. I'm a stand-up comic. And if I had done that shit, I wouldn't have been able to stand up. <laughs> I'm getting older. So are you. But you're not old yet. Neither am I. And I know it's coming. I mean, it's a long, it's a ways off, but it's coming. And I can already see the decline, man. I can already see the decline starting. And I don't like it. 
Because they're just, they haven't even reached their peak yet. They're still very, very young. They haven't even gotten all of their man strength yet. And they're already kicking my ass. And that sucks. Damn it. The hell. What the hell kind of thing is that nature? You should just let us get to whatever our peak is physically. And let's let us stay there. It'd be okay. Wouldn't, you, wouldn't it be okay with you if you knew you were going to live to 100, but you would age up to 28 years old, stay like that, or at least have that level of vitality, and realize that when you were 100, you're going to drop dead. Right? I mean, that's pretty much what you know now anyway, but now you have to go through the go up to 28, go up to 34, then slide off the side, slowly slide off the other side of the mountain, and turn into a, a big tub of shit, unless you're genetically lucky or take really good care of yourself. I would love it. Wouldn't you love it? I would love to know that I'm going to get to where I am at 28 and just stay there. And then I'm going to live until 100 and then drop dead. But I still look like I'm 28, damn it. <laughs> or at least make me look like I'm 40 but still have the vitality of a 28-year-old. That way the sons and fathers won't look exactly the same. You get, if you have a kid, you age to you physically age to about 40. But you still have the vitality of a 28-year-old. And then you die, die. That would be good. That would be a really good design, God. What's with all this aging crap? Come on, man. You mean to tell me I'm gonna have to start worrying about friggin' prostate problems in a few in some years or some shit like that? That what you could telling me? Hell no, damn it. I don't want no damn prostate problems. I just want to live life. And I'm going to go back to kicking the crap out of my young relatives when it comes time to play sports. I want to kick their ass when it comes to video games, damn it. I want that vitality back, God. Give it back to me. Or just give me lots of money and then I won't care about that shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. The circle of life, my friends. It's going to get all of us. We're all going to be old one day. Of course, we won't care by then, but but it'll happen. And I'll tell you right now, I don't like it. Where's that fountain of youth, damn it? Fountain of youth, I'm coming for you. Where are you? It doesn't exist. I'm pretty much... Uh, nothing, really. It's not, it's not going to happen. I'm just going to have to accept it. Eh, all right. <sighs> all right, um, I'll accept that I'm going to be getting old. God, that sucks. You know what, folks? Let's talk about something something else interesting here. You know, this is Wednesday that I'm recording this uh, this segment, and you know, I was watching the news, and a lot of the things that I saw were people talking about the Redskins and whether or not they should change the name, and you know, and some people will say, well, you know, and, and I believe that I, from what I understand, I have some Native American ancestry, but it, this, it has nothing to do with it. When I see the Redskins name, I often wonder why people fight so hard for certain things. Yes, I know the name of the Redskins has been there for a long time, but the, the owner was just fighting really, really hard to, to preserve that name. He's just fighting so hard to preserve a name that he now knows, if he didn't know before, that is very, very racist. Why are you fighting so hard for this? Well, it's a tradition. There are a lot of things that were traditions that were horrible that needed to be stopped. A lot of things. You can't use that as an excuse. I was watching a uh, reporter was interviewing people in the bar and one lady went through this really nice groove where she said that you know sometimes you know even though we do things for a long period of time when we find out that they're really offensive and that they're really hurting people that we should discontinue those things and then they went to this other this older guy and he's like hey listen it's been here for a long time it's been called the Redskins for a long time 
and they should stay the Redskins. It's a tradition. It's been there for a long time. And you sit in there and you're looking at the guy and you don't know what the person's ethnicity is necessarily by looking at them. But you can probably guess this guy's not Native American or doesn't have any Native American ancestry. Now, obviously, I don't know that because you wouldn't look at me and think that I do. But even if it had, and this is, even if it had nothing to do with me directly, even if it was uh, uh, the Washington and then you would put an F epithet that was disparaging of gay people or Jewish people or or women or whatever group if you know that is a disgusting term and a hurtful mean term why would you want to use that in your name redskins that was the scalp of a dead a dead native american that had his head his scalp cut off you, you want to name a team after that really and you're going to fight in court again and again and again over that when everybody else tells you, please, it, you're killing people, you're hurting people with that. Just change the name. I'm going to keep this name. It's been a tradition. There's a lot of traditions that, that sucked. I remember when I was a kid, uh, people used to call the car, the, the police vans, paddy wagons. Now, I didn't know where the term came from. I was a little kid. I had no idea. The hell, how would I know? When I got a little older, I realized, and I started meeting different people, and I realized that I had met some friends of different ethnicities, and they told me the origin of the, of the term, look it up yourself, that's what Google is for. And I went, oh, that's kind of offensive. Uh, you know, and even though no one was offended by when you said it, at least no one I was around, I said, I'm not going to say that. Now, this is a, a, choice, a choice I made as a little kid, and it's, 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 it's a st stood now since I'm an adult. But I, I just thought about it. I mean, well, why, would, why would you fight that hard as the owner of the team to keep a name that you know is racist. It's not like you're fighting for a generic a term that you coined and someone else is trying to steal it from you or you know what a, a term you're fighting to protect because it was is something unique and great and you, you some some sucker is trying to troll you or some some kind of uh, copyright troll is trying to take it from you. Then I would say fight for it. It's yours. Don't let somebody take something from you that's yours. Fight for it. I'd be behind you then. But that's not the case here, Daniel Snyder. Come on, man. You would hate it if it was the group that you belonged to. If that if the team was named a disgusting name that was disparaging of whatever sub whatever group you belong to. We all have subgroups that we belong to. There's a human race, and then underneath that, are ethnicities and race. Whatever you are, if someone named the team a disparaging term for whatever you are, you would hate that. It's like if somebody named the team for was disparaging of what I am, I would hate that, and so on and so forth. And I would hate it even if it was something that had nothing to do with me. I wonder why. Why is he fighting so hard to protect that name when he knows it's racist? I mean, there's something going on there, I think. I mean, this is just my opinion, just my, my uh, me guessing. Because if you really think about it, if the team changes the name because they go, you know what, it is racist. I, I don't know what I was thinking. You know, I was just trying to uphold tradition, but I realized that this, this is just a hurtful name. We have to change it. We're going to change the name of the team to the Washington Warriors or Washington whatever. You know? You know what's going to happen? People aren't going to want to walk down the streets in the old Washington Redskins uniforms or, ja or jackets or hats. They're not going to want those. those. They may keep it in the house as a collector's item. But they're not going to want to keep those. You know what they're going to want to do? They're going to want to buy new Washington Warrior or whatever the hell the name's going to be. Uniforms, jackets, hats, and everything like that. You're literally going to have the 70,000 people in the stands, most likely a majority, a big chunk of those people, and you know they can afford the t-shirts because it costs eight grand to go to a damn football game. They're going to buy new jerseys and hats and stuff. They're going to do it. 
because they're going to want to have the newest, the latest, the greatest. They're going to rebuy the stuff. And then the other fans, the peripheral fans, the, the softcore fans, they're going to want to buy the new stuff because it'll be the latest and the greatest and the newest design and it's the hottest thing. And the, which means it's going to be a big truckload of money coming your way when you change the name from the Redskins to something that's not a te that, that doesn't hurt people. Free money. Money you could have been generating a long time ago had you just changed the name when you realized it was time to change the name. You would not have had the court fees, the lawyer fees. You would have had the bad PR. You would have had none of that. You would have just had the stone cold cash that would have come your way in truckloads if you just changed the name of the team. <laughs> but you didn't. Why are you fighting so hard for that? Makes me wonder. I mean, we have uh, examples of what happens when somebody changes something. Think in terms of the, the music industry. Uh, back when CDs became everywhere. People went back and bought everything they already owned. People had truckloads of, of albums and cassettes and this and that. And they went and rebought all of that crap on CD because it was the new, hot thing. It was the best. And the sound clarity, it was the greatest. So much so that big companies overseas came over here and bought up the record companies because all they saw was the cash coming in. Now, granted, there was a crash afterwards when they realized that there's a finite number of albums out there that have already existed. And once everyone purchased what they already had, they weren't going to buy anything new. And the new music kind of sucked. It's like your team's going to suck next year. But that being said, there's a truckload of money to be to be had. So why are you fighting so hard for the name? Kind of makes me wonder what the deal is with this guy. You know? Sometimes when people do things and you step back a little bit and you look at the and you go, what is the motivation behind a guy fighting so hard to maintain a name that he knows is racist? Makes you wonder a little bit about that person, doesn't it? <laughs> you know? People's motivations will tell you a lot about themselves, man. You know, people's motivations, when you just look at what somebody does, it'll tell you a lot about them. You know, I'll give you an idea what I'm talking about. Um, I, had an, I had an old car in front of my house. It was a car that I had before. I just let it sit there and I was going to donate it to charity and I eventually did. And I had my newer car and I parked it behind the house. And some of the kids in the neighborhood began sitting on my car. Not the new one, the old one. And I walked outside and I said, could you, could you not do that? Oh, yeah, okay. And they got off. And I would come back and they'd, they'd be on the car again and 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 they'd be on the car again. And what it said to me was, all this time I thought they had respect for me as a person. Because this is my property. Now, it's an old car. It's sitting there. I mean, it's not a horrible looking car, but it's obvious that I'm not driving it anymore. It's obvious that it's sitting there waiting to be towed away to go to some kind of, uh, to, a, to a charity uh, for wounded warriors so they can take the car and, you know, fix it up and help out some uh, wounded vet or somebody like that who needs a, a vehicle. And that's what, it, that's eventually what I did with it. But this whole time, this whole, hey, Mr. Thomas, hey, how are you? all of that stuff that was happening before, all of that, I thought they, they respected me. But what as it turns out, they did not, because had they respected me, they would have respected my property. If they respected my property, that action would have said to me, yes, these people are good, pe good kids, they respect me. 
So then they made me have to go out and act in ways that I normally wouldn't act. I actually had to walk up to them and say, listen, keep your little bony asses off of my car. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Keep your little bony asses off of my car. I'm not going to tell you again. So now all of a sudden I have to act aggressively and in a way that I don't want to act and in a way that I don't believe is, not, is, is good because that's the only way they would listen to me. That was the only way they would pay attention to what the hell I was saying. That's the only way I would get them to stay off the car. It changed who I was to get this result. Their actions told me they didn't respect me. And I wondered why. And then I realized it doesn't really matter why. What matters is I got to make them respect me. I don't care what the reason is. The reason is moot to me. I need the result. I need these people to do what I need them to do because it's wrong for them to do what they're doing. Now, back to the Redskins. He doesn't respect the Native Americans because if he respected them, he would hear the pain, he would hear the stories, he would see the protest, he would understand that he was hurting because they said it and they took him to court. What else does it take to get him to respect the, the people who you're hurting with the name? What does it take to get people to respect it? When I ask, my, when I ask that question, I wonder, you know, does he need to be protested? Does he need to have people just stop buying the merchandise, stop watching the games, stop going to the games? Does he need that? And then I, and then I asked myself another question. How many of those people sitting in the stands wearing the Redskins jerseys would actually not show up at a game or several games because of how offensive the term was? I mean, the lawsuit came out a long time ago. Everybody knows what's going on. Everybody knows that Native Americans are upset about it. Everybody knows that it's, that it's an, uh, an epithet. Everybody knows it. It's not a big secret. So why haven't the fans done anything? Why haven't they decided not to wear Redskins gear? Why haven't they written letters to Daniel Snyder? Why haven't they done those things? Why they don't respect the Native Americans? That's, I mean, that's, I can't say that's the case. I'm just saying if that's what it looks like. Because if the Washington Redskins was called the Washington Whoop-de-Whoops and the Whoop-de-Whoop was a specific epithet to you, whoever you are, you'd be pissed off. Every time you turn on the television and you saw these people sitting there and cheering for the Redskins and they had these jerseys on and you're going, but, but you know that you're, you're, you're insulting me here viciously. Why are you guys supporting this by going to these games? Why? At least write a letter to the team. At least do something to let this guy know that this is wrong. Do, could you do something that, no, really? You don't give a crap? Okay, all right, great. Just goes to show you, man. <laughs> Sometimes people just don't give a shit. Owner of the Redskins doesn't give a shit. That's why he's fighting so hard for the fucking name when he knows that it's hurting people. Can't be about the money. It's not like he needs more money. What is it? It's a lack of respect. That's one of the worst things you can do to anybody is not show them respect. That's why it bothered me when those kids kept sitting on the car. Even though it was no car, it was my car. But they would not get their little bony asses off of it until I walked out and told them, don't put your asses on my car again. Do you understand? Why did it take that? 
Why wasn't my polite joking, hey, hey, don't sit in my car, man. That should have been enough. But it wasn't enough because at the time, they didn't respect me till I demanded respect by walking up in the middle of them and telling them, don't put your little bony asses on my damn car again. I told you that. I don't want to have to tell you again. Sometimes you got to demand respect. And if people really think that the Redskins name is really bad, if they really support changing the name, if they really give a shit and want this guy to stop using the Redskins name, knowing it's offensive and not giving a fuck so much so that he keeps going to court and fighting to keep it. You're going to have to start stop showing up at the games. That's just going to have to. He needs to see empty seats if you care so much. You're going to have to stop watching it on television or listening to it on the radio for a little while till he understands that you're serious about it. It's going to take people doing that because sometimes you have to fight for someone else's respect, meaning a, a smaller group, because the lack of respect that's directed at that smaller group will eventually be directed at you. It always works that way. <laughs> it always works that way. Grand Canyon was cut by water because it just kept going and going and going. And over the course of time, bang, Grand Canyon. A lack of respect for people. If it's not stopped, continues to go on and on and on. Sometimes you got to fight for respect, not just yours, but for somebody else's. So if you really give a shit, Redskins fans, people around the country, you got to stop supporting that team until he changes his fucking name. Yes, it's going to be upsetting. Yes, it's going to be, oh my God, I want to go to the game so bad. I understand that, but if you don't want to make that sacrifice, then don't say you care. I've already, I've already cut out a couple of places that I really like to go to businesses I like to go to foods I like to eat because they did things that I thought were disgusting politically I had people had people who had a Papa John's party at, uh, well not it wasn't a Papa John's party but it was a party with Papa John's food in there in the house and they were like well I said I'll be back where you going let me get something to eat we got pizza from Papa John's I don't eat Papa John's pizza why is that then I explained why and they were like, oh, man, that's, that's horrible. That's bull, man. I can't believe he's going to do, he potentially could do that to the workers. This is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. As they ate the pizza anyway. <laughs> None of them would have been broke had they not had not eaten the pizza. But, you know, it is what it is. I was the only one sitting there, you know, <laughs> with a meal from a local restaurant while the rest of them chowed down on the Papa John's pizza. Because I was serious about it. Now, it, won't, it wouldn't be, it would be really easy for me to not pay attention to the Redskins, mainly because I was raised back in Philadelphia. So quite frankly, fuck the Redskins. And uh, even whenever that new name is the Washington, the say they called the Washington Arrowheads. Uh, I would just say, uh, fuck the, fuck the Washington Arrowheads, but it'd be two games. They play against Philadelphia and I'd have to not watch my, my hometown team from back in Philadelphia. I have to not watch the games to, uh, <laughs> to make a point. Because I can't really hurt the Redskins myself. Because quite frankly, fuck them. I don't, I don't care about them. I don't buy any of their merchandise. You know, because like I said, fuck them. But it's going to take Washington Redskins fans to do it. If you really think that, that's what it's going to take. Because he's not going to pay attention to anything like that. So if you, do, you really give a shit, that's what you got to do. If you don't give a shit, that's fine. Just don't give a shit. I disagree with you. And I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I, I would be... I would look at you a different way, but you have a right to feel that way. 
You know what I'm saying? You have a right to feel that way. But don't say you give a shit while you're sitting there wearing a Washington Redskins hat. That's really offensive. Why are you wearing the fucking hat? If it's so offensive, why are you wearing it? You know what I'm saying? It's like, I can't believe they're treating black people like that in the South. Oh my God, this is 1965. It should be treating, we should be better than that right now. Really? Now, why are you wearing the I hate Martin Luther King Jr. hat? Well, well, I mean, <laughs> everyone else is wearing it. <laughs> Come on. So all I'm saying, look, people, listen. People can do whatever the hell they want to do. It's your decision. You know, when somebody asked me a question, they wanted to say, what did you, what do you think of the Washington Redskins thing? And I said, it's a lack of respect. That's what it is. You know, and I don't like people that don't respect other people. Not just because, just because, and I, and I feel that way just because it's wrong to disrespect other people. And in addition to that, you know, the disrespect will be directed toward you. And if that's what you want, if that's the kind of world you want to live in, have at it. I personally don't like that shit. I like a world where people respect each other and give a shit. And I'll be honest with you, I know my podcast audience well enough to know that if you've been listening to me since last October, which a lot of you have, <laughs> thank God, because you guys have been cool. Um, I just want to say, you know what I'm talking about. You probably feel the same way I do, that I do, or you wouldn't keep listening to my, dupe, my dopey ass. Well, folks, I just want to say this has been this week's episode of the S. Anthony Says Podcast. I am S. Anthony Thomas. Check me out every week, every Thursday. I usually put it out uh, late Wednesday night, early Thursday, because a lot of people uh, have been downloading the podcast on Thursday mornings <clears throat> from what they tell me. So I, so I said, OK, I'll put it out um, as early as possible on Thursday or, or late Wednesday nights. So you can have so to be ready for downloading. So basically, it's a Thursday show, even though I put it out sometimes really late on Wednesday. Okay, complicated enough. <laughs> All right, the home base for the podcast is this Anthony says dot podbean dot com. I am also on TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio, and iTunes. So if you're on any of those, can you do me a favor. You know what I'm saying? Go, go give a brother a good review. And by a brother, I'm referring to myself, of course, not just any random black person. I'm talking about me specifically. I mean, if you want to give a random black person a good review, feel free to do that. But I would prefer first giving me a good five star review and a, and a nice write up on. the. Like I said, if you see other black people, you want to write nice stuff about them on their websites and all of that. Feel free to do that. But right now I'm more concerned about you writing something nice about me and giving me five star reviews on iTunes, Stitcher and or TuneIn Radio, whichever one that you're listening on or whatever podcast you're using. Uh, the, the email address is the S Anthony says podcast at gmail.com. You know that already. Um, much love to you all. I will see you again next Thursday with more weird shit coming from my weird ass head. <laughs> I just want to say thank you for your continued support and, and for your love. Much love to you all. My wonderful pod family. S Anthony out.